Cunnington, and this is Havilah's Podcast. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. You know, this podcast was created by Truth to Table so I could have a place to share my heart, biblical truth, simple lifestyle leadership, as well as just connect with my table community, my table tribe. So I hope that you'll spend a few minutes with me as we jump in to whatever God has put on my heart this week. And don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. We're talking about giving feedback that's brain friendly. Instead of just giving it because we're being courageous and we're saying everything we want to say and it's too bad you're going to have to be a grown-up and receive what I'm saying, actually giving feedback to someone and allowing their brain to stay at a peaceful place of discovery to hear what you're saying rather than just hear it and doing it because they have to. Um, The human brain will definitely put more weight into threat than they will reward. So however we're talking to somebody, if it's negative or positive, we're giving positive feedback and negative feedback, their brain is going to trigger on the negative. So how we set it up is very important. Whether it's even meant to be negative, um, our, their brain will, will kind of give them warning signs, threat, 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 and you've seen it. In fact, my boys, often if I'm giving them feedback and they're not okay, I'll begin to tell them like, hey, and if I just go in strong, they give me body language. All of a sudden, I'll see their arms cross, or they look away and they start to go like, ah, ah, ah. like I don't, I'm, I'm feeling threatened. And I've watched that many times in meetings with different people when I get, start to share something and they'll, they'll act like they're hearing me, but their whole body language is closed off and they're not, they're not hearing me. And that's my responsibility somewhat that how I, how I have presented it oftentimes, um, well, it, it has to do with that. So it's really really cool. I get excited about this, that we can learn how to give people feedback in our communities, in our churches, in our homes, and in our workplaces in a way that they stay, it stays positive. Because we're going to have to give feedback. We're leaders. We're called to be influencers. And we can't just agree with everybody and keep the peace. Okay. So the second technique is something called yes and. So what they're saying is um, they want us to replace the technique yes but to yes and. And so what this does is, is when you, uh, when you avoid pointing out someone else's problem with a suggestion, but rather adding to the problem with a solution, it changes the dynamic. So basically when we say yes, but it's all of a sudden our brains focus on the butt part. (laughs) That sounds funny. Our brains focus on the butt, but we do, we go, "Uh Oh, this is not good. Something's happening. You know, it's like that. Yeah, but you know, we hear it. It's like someone's saying this and this and this, but, and once we hear the butt, we're like, uh-oh, it's going down. They're about to crush it, <laughs> crush this. Not in a good way, but like in a bad way. And so it's really good for us to understand how to, how to give feedback uh, by agreeing, but also adding more. So using you and signals that you're giving feedback alongside that suggestion rather than in conflict with it. So when we say yes, but it's saying you're, you're, your brain actually believes that that person is standing opposed from you and giving you feedback versus saying yes and is like we're here, but let's look at it this way. So let's think of the example of, you know, someone sitting there, you're sitting with your team and someone suggests, well, what I'd like to do is set up this event this year in March. And you know in your head, wait a minute, at the end of March, we have another critical event. 
So, but you also know that this person's very excited about it. You know that they've thought about it and they maybe don't have all of that, all of that stuff in front of them. They just are excited about this one, one thing that they're presenting and they're not able to see it all. So instinctively, oftentimes we'll say, yeah, but that isn't going to work because there's another event. Well, what we can do is say something like, yes, and there's also another event at the end of the month. So I'm curious, and then this goes to our second technique, our third technique, which is this. Uh, what would we need, what would need to be true to make that work? So this is really key. So instead of saying, yeah, but that's da, 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 that's not going to work, actually saying, yes, and we have the other event happening. So what would we need to do to make both events really successful? And oftentimes it's like we are coming together understanding there's a conflict and we're working together to resolve it versus saying, no, that's a horrible idea. We're not doing that. And, or no. And, and inside they're, they're saying, I'm never going to suggest that again, or that was a horrible idea. So it's really cool. I'm not really good at this. I just want to say like, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching this. I'm actually like teaching this to myself. And I will say I've been in meetings and specifically um, in some really key meetings the last couple of years where I have watched different individuals do this technique. And to be honest, I walk out thinking, wow, we totally did what they wanted to do and my suggestion was not received, but I don't feel bad about it. And in fact, I feel like we're on the same team. So this is something I really want to implement in my life in a way greater way. So the yes and approach allows you to introduce an important, um, important information without closing down the creativity in the room. And this is key. I would say I'm, I'm probably stronger in this area. And you know, when you're doing creative brainstorming or someone's bringing something to the table, there's no bad ideas. We used to say that. We used to write that on the board. There's no bad ideas. Throw out things. And you know, if somebody's like, let's do this for truth the table. And we're not like, that's horrible or no. We're like, well, maybe. Okay. And there's no bad ideas. And we're, we brain dump and we write it all on the board, every idea. And, and when I'm doing that with the team, I, I'm not filtering good, bad, good, bad. I'm saying everybody get on the board and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, it's really important that we keep that kind of creativity in our home and in our workplace and in our lives so that we can be open to possibilities. So it's really, really cool to think about that we're, we're adding important information. So it's almost like assuming the person may not have seen it from your side and allowing them to have space to hear the information without shutting what they presented down. So we're saying, yes, and this is happening, so what can we do to make this work? Or yes, and this might this might be of conflict. Do you think we should do something else? And really letting you partner together. It's fantastic, I love it, I think it's great. So t- technique number three, I'll say it again. What, w- what would I need, sorry, what would need to be true to make it work? What would need to be true to make it work? So instead of saying that won't work because of this, that, or the other, try saying what would need to be true to make that work is, or will be, or needs to be. And I love that. Such a great phrase. And it's exactly how it is. Um, exactly how we can use. The, the hypothetical phrasing sets an exploratory tone rather than a critical one. And the question encourages a feasible check 
without making anyone look silly or labeling anything as wrong. So I love that. The hypothetical phrasing it explores what do we need to do to make this work? What could we do to make this successful? It, it opens up the possibility without saying that's not going to work or I, I don't think that's a good idea. And that's really good, specifically for us clerics. This is this is gold. So um, I got to be honest. I even started this in my marriage when I started reading this, and I would say, "Oh, yeah, we could go on a date night. We also have this event tomorrow night." And I'm like, "I don't want to be out for two nights. What could we do that might make it a little easier on our kids?" Oh, yeah, I guess we could do a date night on Saturday night. Great idea. And so you start working together versus feeling like you're parenting or leading every conversation um, or waiting to pick on or, or something like that. So it's really, really cool. So your activation this week, yes, is to, it's the technique one, which is yes and. So get rid of your butts. <laughs> get the butt away and say yes and. Yes, and mom, I want to do this. Well, yes, and and start to look at that. And then what would need to be true to make that work? What would need to be true to make that work? And not just asking them, but saying what would need to be true? Like you're making a statement. So I hope that that helps you. I'm going to put both those into practice more this week. Remember the three, three ones that we need to, we need to think about. And uh, let's get better at relating and giving feedback to people around us so we can influence a lot more people. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God was trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast and as well as some stars? I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time.